What is up, everybody? Um, <clears throat> been a long time since I've done a podcast. I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm just going to get right back into this thing. This is episode 19. Uh, my wife and I got married on the 19th, so that's a significant number in my life. Um, here's what I did. I told you guys that follow me on Instagram. It's been a while, so I asked for some topics, some questions, some things to talk about. You did not disappoint. <clears throat> I'm going to get right into it. Janine Gateland. Uh, you just said do good and good will follow. I can't even tell you how much I love this because this is something I like try to honestly just live. I love this. I, I make shirts that say do good. Um, cause I really believe like you kind of get what you put into the universe. You get it back. So for me, uh, I'm not a ton to expand on this. I just really think like just kind of live and write, um, the good things happen to you. Be good because you can, it's not like. It's not a difficult thing to be a, a nice person or to see somebody that you may be able to help and help them. Um, it's just so easy to be and do good. Uh, so I think that's why we should do good. That's number one. Number two, uh, pump definition. What diet do you use? There is a broccoli emoji and it says versus a steak emoji. So steak versus broccoli, huh? Uh, meat meat eater versus the greens i guess uh vegetarian versus um, meatitarian maybe we'll call it um the diet that i use honestly is awful and you would want nothing to do with it if you are trying to have any kind of physique or body that looks nice i am just i've honestly i think i'm just kind of blessed with good genes from my my family my parents not that i think i've got some amazing body but i i'm one of those guys like if i don't go to the gym i just get skinnier which is nice other people gain weight and that sucks because gaining weight is tough and getting weight off is tough Uh, my my problem is more i get skinny and feel uh, weak and not good so if i go to the gym i'm there to like put size on but i don't i don't know i don't do it with any kind of diet that would would benefit anybody really to be honest it's just uh, like today I, I look at today i ate uh the ihop for breakfast i had two sunny side up eggs i smashed them together with uh some hash browns and then i ate one half of a piece of bacon because it came like super uncooked i like my bacon like crispy and then i ate um italian cannolis which i don't even really know what they are i'm pretty sure it's just like a like a well what it was was a pancake like rolled up like a taquito with i don't know some kind of cream inside of it and chocolate chips on it and i just doused it in like an entire little jar handle whatever those things are of, of syrup and knocked that whole thing down, and then I went to the gym, and then I I went to work, which I coached baseball, where I ate uh, one bag of jalapeno uh, chips. I drank a Dr. Pepper. I ate a Rice Krispie Treat, 
and then I went to I came home and I ate a plate of uh, chicken rice and broccoli and that's it that's what I ate today so a couple days ago I woke up and I think I had I, I put a lot of eggs together some mornings that's one thing that I kind of like to eat sunny side up eggs but um, I'll eat anywhere from like seven to eight eggs a morning if I make them at home with three or four pieces of toast I'll knock those down and then I do sunny side up I just kind of squash the eggs eat the toast um, and have it all together like that so I'll do that and then I'll and then who knows then I'll go to Taco Bell and get three burritos with no onions and two soft tacos or a Mexican pizza um, but my diet honestly is not is not anything anybody would ever want to follow um, one time I did spend a lot of like, like two straight years of being like trying to get in really good shape. And what I did do was I scrambled a bunch of eggs every morning, eight to 10. Uh, I would eat all those. I'd have yogurt. I wouldn't eat bread cause I was trying to stay like shredded. Um, and I would go to Chipotle usually like twice a day and just get double chicken and rice, nothing else. And I think that's the biggest thing. If you're going to do, like you said, what, what kind of diet do I use? I don't know anything about food or nutrition or anything. I don't count calories. I don't, I don't know anything. Um, but I think the biggest deal in order to like kind of stay in shape and be good is you, you got to not really love food. And that's like, I think one of the biggest blessings in my life. I don't care. I don't actually care about food. I don't eat for flavor or taste. I've never, ever, ever been that way. Um, I just eat because it's a necessity. So when I spent like two years trying to get in shape, it was a legitimate two years where I probably ate the same meal. I mean, we're talking like 300 out of the 365 days a year, the same exact thing, which literally I'm not, I'm not even lying to you was eight to 10 eggs in the morning, scrambled, eat them with nothing on them, no salt, no nothing, maybe some Tabasco here and there, um, some yogurt, no bread, no bagels, no nothing. And then two meals a day where I would go get double chicken and rice from Chipotle. And then I'd come home and, and my wife would probably make some kind of good dinner, fish usually or whatever it was. But um, And I was in very, very good shape. I felt good physically. I looked good. And that, to me, was the one time that I really, really watched what I ate. But I, I don't know. I, it's just you got to live a little. I enjoy sweets. I enjoy cake. I enjoy cookies and ice cream. So... Uh, I don't know. I just, I think, I guess I, I don't know. I just, just got lucky. So I think if other people ate what I ate, not be, probably not be a good thing. Um, team fitness at team fitness said, uh, you'd be amazing as an athlete on our team. DM us ASAP. Um, um, it's at T E A M dot F I T N E S S E stoked on you guys. Uh, wanting me to be part of your team i went to your instagram and your website and the only thing you sell is leggings and sports bras so i'm not quite sure what it is exactly you would like me to do but i did see some uh some scrunch butt leggings you have and i have uh i don't have the the nicest butt or the biggest strong legs so might be something I look into. Who knows? Thanks for reaching out, though. Um, here we go. 
Well, Dargy, what's up, dude? Astros, what do I think about the Astros and the cheating? This is, uh, I just think it's dumb. I think it's annoying. I can't stand the Astros. I loved the Astros. I absolutely loved the Astros when they were winning and doing what they were doing as baseball players. The cheating thing to me is just so bothersome because um, I think that's why things are so, I think that's why sports are so watched by people and people love love competition because it's it's a pure it's just you versus another guy it's you versus another team it's your team versus that team it's there's so many things about it that are real in real life so i think to especially at that level when these guys are trying to put food on their family's table with their talents and their gifts and you're just kind of out there robbing robbing them i mean if a guy has a gift to throw 100 miles an hour mixed with the 89 to 91 mile an hour slider and, and it doesn't matter because you know what's coming. These guys are so good that if I knew a 92-mile-an-hour slider was coming, I wouldn't touch it. If I knew a 101-mile-an-hour heater was coming, I wouldn't touch it. But these guys are so good that it doesn't matter what's in your arsenal as a pitcher. Um, th- these guys are going to hit it if they know it's coming. They're just going to hit it. So when you see a guy like Altuve hit a walk-off off the Cuban Missile to go to the World Series on, a, on what was a pretty good pitch, it's just like in hindsight knowing – that he may have known that was coming is just just like sick it makes me feel sick so i hate the astros i really hate the astros um and i think the way they came into spring training this year 2020 very unapologetic kind of almost like talking about how it doesn't even they don't think it really affected the game that much like you gotta wear it you just gotta wear it you gotta own it and people will kind of look at you and move on i think these guys could have said hey you know what it came from the top we're making $15 million a year. These are, these are, this is our boss telling us to do this. We, we just got to do it. So um, could have gone a lot of different ways, but they took a terrible route. It's no different than Barry Bonds versus uh, Mark McGuire, who both guys probably pretty obvious and clearly took their steroids. Um, Bonds has denied it to this day, even though his head grew 15 different sizes over the past three years of his life and his shoes were bigger. And if you just look at him as a physical specimen, this is obvious. Um, never admitted to it it's kind of been blackballed by mlb as far as you know hall of fame and all this different asterisk next to his name but mark mcguire did the same thing and he came out and he admitted it and he apologized and people love mark mcguire so i just think you know humans are humans you're going to screw up you're going to do things wrong but being able to admit it and just kind of come out and say i am i did what i did i don't feel good about it um i feel like i yeah we have rings and we won the world series but yeah, there's a part of us that feels like we might have robbed some guys, and that's my biggest thing is is that they just took jobs away from people um, and, and changed lives, literally changed lives. Forget the trophy, forget the ring. They changed the lives of people and, and ended careers for pitchers that you know may have only had a shot or two to go kind of be good, and if they go get racked by the Houston Astros and get sent down to AAA and then AA, and then next thing they know, a year or two later, they're out of the league. It's just it's not, it's not fair, so... I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hope all the Astros get plunked. I hope they lose. I hope they get. I hope somewhere there's further punishment, even though it doesn't look like there is. I think that's a huge, huge bummer for MLB that they handled it the way they did as well. So um, I'm going to roll that one right into uh, JMSD7. Joe Mangione, congrats real quick on your engagement. Marriage is a beautiful thing. 
Um, should Pete Rose get into the Hall of Fame after the Astros scandal? This is why I kind of backed these questions up together. Um, hey, be, take the Astros scandal out of here. Yeah, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame anyways. He was betting while playing. For those of you guys who don't know, Pete Rose was one of the greatest uh, baseball players of all time offensively. Uh, he had the most hits, 4,256. He played the most games, 3,562. He had the most at-bats, 14,000. Um, 53 and one stat nobody ever talks about he also leads the mlb history in the most outs at 10,328 so the guy's nickname is charlie hustle yes he needs to be in the mlb he needs to be in the hall of fame because uh, number one nowadays you don't have that you don't really have those kind of guys there's a mike trout who hustles um every play and works hard this is a guy that trucked a catcher in, a, in an all-star game because he wants to win and that's what baseball is baseball is gritty baseball can be dirty um the game nowadays everybody's more protected it's a lot cleaner but that's the biggest thing to me is that guys that deserve to be in the hall of fame especially in kind of pete rose era this is what it was he bet he bet on baseball when he was playing and when he was managing he never bet on on anything other than his own team uh, which has been proven by by ticket stubs and, and betting stubs. But I, I don't know, man. I, I just – you put guys in the Hall of Fame. Like like Jeff Bagwell just got into the Hall of Fame. And if you ever look at a picture of Jeff Bagwell and his forearms, it, it it's obvious this guy took steroids right along with all the rest of them. And to just kind of turn a blind eye to seeing a guy's physical body and, and knowing that it is, you know – unnaturally enhanced but he never got caught come on come on i mean you can't just pick and choose who you want to put in who you don't want to put in based off this kind of stuff so yeah you know what outside of it again people do things people screw up people have things in their life but this is about baseball and being in the hall of fame is about statistics for almost everybody almost everybody you go through there's not one person i i don't think a player that is in the hall of fame and it it says uh, this guy hit 197. This guy played for 11 years on seven different teams. He was a journeyman. Um, he was a defensive replacement for for five years. He he averaged 43 games out of the 162 per year, but he was a really stand-up good guy. You don't see that. That's not part of what kind of should get you into the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose literally did one, two, three, four things. You take the outs away. That's a negative. Most outs in history. But if you take his three things, the guy has the most hits ever, 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 ever in the Major League Baseball history. He has played the most games at 3,562, and he's had the most at-bats, 14,053. This is a guy that gave his, his heart and soul to the game, and that's what... I think the Hall of Fame should embody somebody that has done that, somebody that gave the most amount of games to the MLB, somebody that collected the most amount of hits in the MLB, somebody that played in so many games that he collected the most at-bats in history. This is a Major League Baseball player to what I believe a Major League Baseball player should be, a guy that showed up every day, worked hard, just worked hard, and was very good at what he did. So, yeah, Pete Rose, I think he should have gone in. Now you look at the Astros scandal, Pete Rose looks like, small beans compared to this garbage so put pete rose in you know because what's going to happen is 
and this sucks to even say, but at one one point he's going to pass away, and they're going to do something nice for him. Do it while he's here. The guy deserves it. Just do it while they're here. Do these things while people are here. I'm so tired of all the political BS. The only thing that matters is people's lives, and they're here right now. So do something. Do something about it. Why don't you show the MLB, a commissioner, somebody needs to come in and say, you know what, man, this guy did wonders for our game. People loved watching him play. It's time to put him in. So I think Pete would be obviously stoked, but get, get the man in there. Uh, what do we got here? What is success, and how do you teach young men to be strong mentally? Um, great question here. This is a good one. I think success is uh, in the eye of the beholder. Depends on what you're looking at. If it's just life in general, then um, shoot, I don't know, just happiness. Are you happy? If you're happy, then I would consider that a success, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of different ways. People look at it as a, you know, you could look at it marriage. Like, look at marriage. People look at a successful marriage as we have kids, we have a house, we're happy, and then there's other people that look at a successful marriage that go, oh, well, we, we're not divorced, so that's good. Um, so there's two people that are in the same situation that both think they're they're having success. Um, so I guess it's all really the way you look at it. Uh, then there's sports where there's a scoreboard in every game. So that's pretty easy to measure success. Um, success in any athletic field just literally comes down to did you or did you not score more points or or whatever, I don't know, whatever you call it, points, runs, um, than the other team? Goals, did you score more than the other team? There's a very obvious fine line when the time runs out, there's a winner. So there's a successful person and there's an unsuccessful person. And you can dice even that up, right? Nowadays it's all about how you played the game, not the score. So I guess everybody's a huge success these days. So what is success? Um, probably living in 2020. That's probably success because everybody's a winner. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, success to me is, is are you just happy and do you feel good about who you are at the end of the day when you, when you go home and you rest your head on your pillow and do you feel good when you wake up? If the answer is yes and yes, then you are a success, my friend. Um, how do you teach young men to be strong mentally? I, that's a good question. We coach, I coach, and and I think I coach at a high school age, so we understand that a lot of these guys are at an age where a lot of things are changing for them, and they're going through a lot, and, and they're, they're impressionable, and we've been through it, so we know, and it's hard, and they want to do their own thing, so it's like telling any kid, high school's the best time of your life, enjoy it, they kind of look at you and go, yeah, okay, and then they'll hit 26, 27, 22, whatever, and go, yeah, you were right. Um, you're absolutely right. So for me, I think a lot of this is on uh, is on parents, really. I mean, coaches are we're here, and we we have a, a pretty big piece in their life, and we we help them and work with them through you know stressful moments and athletic moments where whatever the result of their actions are directly affects other people, and it affects a game, and it affects a score, and it affects a wins or loss. So. We kind of get to help manage, I think, the athletic side of, of dealing with things, which helps, I think, in the professional world, too. But 
mentally strong is just I think it's on the parents you gotta you gotta kind of help your kids you know this you I don't know you're get you're gonna get what you kind of deserve you're gonna get what you put out you're gonna get what you work for and you don't get like what you don't do you know what I mean um I, I don't even know why I said that but here's here's why I thought that um when I was like 12 maybe my dad used to work all kinds of different he worked 12 hour shifts for UPS for 30 years um he had a shift one time that was like 2 a.m to 2 or 2 p.m to 2 a.m so he'd get home at whatever time he told me one day hey make sure you take out the trash make sure you do the dishes and make sure you pick up the dog poop today and I'm like yeah cool no problem I took out the dishes. I mean, I took out the trash. I did the dishes. Y'all hear that? Mm. Little, little uh, drag race going on outside my my house. Um, so I did the dishes, and I took out the trash like I was supposed to. And I just, it got a little late, and I wasn't going to go outside and pick up any dog poop in the in the dark so I saved that one for tomorrow um, and then you know had a standard night watched TV went to bed um, I was 12 I think 12 I said 12 13 at the most and uh, I'm asleep I'm in bed I'm like passed out of sleep and at 2 15 2 30 in the morning my door opens and my dad says get up and I got up and I didn't know what was happening, and he handed me a flashlight and a uh, trash bag and a like, a like a rubber glove, you know, and said, go pick up the dog poop. And I thought he was kind of joking, and I looked at him, but I knew my dad better than that. He wasn't joking. I didn't do what I was supposed to do, so I didn't get to do what I wanted to do, which was sleep. So I think when I said, you don't get what you don't do uh, <laughs> that's probably what I meant by that I didn't do what I was supposed to do so I didn't get to sleep so I didn't get what I wanted because I didn't do what I was supposed to do I, instead of sleeping I am in my boxers outside freezing cold where we have floodlights that light up the whole backyard but my dad said no floodlights for you here's a flashlight here's a rubber glove here's a trash bag and now instead of sleeping which I would have been doing if I did what I was supposed to do I was outside freezing, picking up dog shit at 2.30 in the morning because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Uh, and that's, is that wild parenting? Sure. But did it teach me something? Absolutely. If you don't want bad things to happen to you, do what you're supposed to do. At least things that are in your control. Bad things that happen to you that are in your control, it's just your fault. That's on you. So um, I think for as far as being mentally strong, I just think it's on the parents. I really do. I think that um, they gotta, they just gotta let their kids make their mistakes and and treat them, treat them like young men, young adults, and and show them kind of what real life is about. I think that's one of the one of the parents nowadays' biggest responsibility is making sure that you you love your kid enough to do the hard stuff and rip them out of bed at 2.30 in the morning and make a pickup dog poop because they they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They'll learn. I promise they'll learn. Love them enough to do that to them, not love them enough to go, oh, I just 
Mm, I really want to tear you out of bed and make you go pick up that dog poop I told you to pick up, but uh, you just look so cute sleeping. I'm going to leave you alone. We'll do it tomorrow. Nobody learns anything from that. Nobody learns. So I think to answer the question of, uh, you know, how do you teach young men to be strong mentally? I think that's uh, more for the parents than it is uh, the coaches because as we get them for a small portion of their life and it's hard to, you know, undo things that they've been taught in our short time, it's hard to, you know, it's not hard if, if everybody's in line to add on to whatever's been taught to these kids and, you know, you get kids that are already mentally strong and it's easy in athletics to say, hey, you already got the right mindset now, now continue to do this. So. I don't know. I, I think for me, mentally strong, to turn to try to get a kid to be mentally strong. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of roll this one into actually another question. Um, how to best relax before a big moment or or a big you know sports kind of moment for you when you're playing a game? How do you relax before you step in the box when it's you know you're down by one and there's a runner on third with two outs? How do you relax when you step up to the free throw line? And you're down by one with no time left on the clock, and you got two free throws to shoot. How do you relax then? Um, I think the best way to relax in something like that, and and this is part of the mentally strong part of performance based, is is to put it in perspective as to what it is. Just put it all into perspective. You're standing at the free throw line, um, and you're down by one. It's not. It's not about oh my God, I might, if I miss one of these, we'll tie. If I miss them both, we lose. The perspective and the way to look at it is I have an opportunity. This is freaking awesome. I have an opportunity to sink two free throws and win a game. How exciting. If I don't sink these free throws, what happens is both teams go home exactly where they would have gone if we won or lost, and we go to sleep, and we wake up, and tomorrow begins. Because this is just a game. It's just a game. So when I step into a box and I have the tying run on third with two outs, I see an opportunity. All I can see is me banging a ball into the gap or me, honestly, honestly, if it was me and I was actually playing and I'm being honest with everybody, all I see is me getting absolutely jam jobbed on the barrel, I mean on the on the handle and probably kind of hitting a, a chopper to the third baseman, but... I was fast, so I probably beat it out. Guy scores from third. Everybody's pumped up. Um, we're tied now. I'm the hero. And then I'll probably get picked off a pitch or two later, and then we go to the, the top of the 10th, and I'm no longer the hero. So I don't know. I mean, uh, that's what I see. Oh, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I can't wait to, to get in this mode right now, and I can't wait to cross home plate as the winning run and watch my team celebrate. I can't wait for that dog pile. I can't wait for the walk-off. It's just perspective. Because these things are going to end, and they're not. It's not the end of the world. And don't get me wrong; like I'm not telling you that this is easy. Trust me, because I've been in that box with the game online. I've been in that. Yeah, I've been standing there shaking, like a Polaroid picture, nervous. <laughs> I'm going to strike out. I'm going to lose the game. Like I've been there. I've been there so many times. If I, if I, this is hindsight for me. Just so you guys know, like I, when I played. I slowed a lot of moments down the older I got and the more I understood, like, you know, it's like that meme of, of the guys driving like a wild man and the person's in the passenger seat, like, 
you're a terrible driver. We, oh my gosh, I can't, I'll never drive with you again. And then the driver's looking confused and he's like, but did you die? Like, that's kind of like, like, that's like sports. Like, you think about how nervous and how scared and how worried you are about a negative outcome. And if that negative happen, negative outcome happens, you kind of look back and go, well, okay, did I die? Was it crazy? No, it, it was a game. So I think, and it's weird for me to say I'm a coach. Like, this is what I do for a living is try to win baseball games constantly. That's what I do. So I'm not telling you it's unimportant. I'm telling you to, if you want to compete at a high level, you have to understand that it's an opportunity. It's a gift to even be out there. Um, the, number one, that you were born with some athletic skills, that you were born with uh, a passion for a sport that makes you work and work hard and grind it, practice and grind through off seasons and do what you got to do in a weight room or wherever it may be in order to compete at a high level. Like all of that is just a gift. So the fact that you're even out there and you have an opportunity to win or lose a game in a big moment, or it's, it's, you know, your first playoff game and in high school and it's a big one and you're the starting pitcher, like to get your mind mentally ready for that is ultra competitive and ultra like understanding that what a, what an opportunity. I'm the guy. This is awesome. Not, okay, I'm the guy that, oh man, if I don't do good, we're going to lose. No, it's, you know what? I'm the guy. This is fun. I worked hard for this. I'm here. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to go enjoy competing at an ultra high level today. Um, so that for me would be the way that I would tell somebody, you want to compete at a high level, you want to stay calm, you want to stay relaxed, you want to feel good in the, in the moment. Make sure you take a, a second, I don't know if it's before you step in the box, uh, before you walk up to the line to hike the ball, before you take that free throw, take a, a breath, take a moment, have, have some kind of cue to yourself to slow everything down and remind yourself what it is and what's about to happen and, and the gravity of you know, the positive and the negative situation. The gravity is the same. One's exciting. One's, you know, you're not happy. But at the end of the day, it's all, it's it's the same. You're here. You're alive. You had a good opportunity. And it, and it was a moment for you. Because the, the moment something good happens or the moment something bad happens, that's the result. But what's, what's actually going on beforehand and what's going on when a pitch is thrown and you're taking a swing or when you drop back and you throw that pass, that's the actual moment. Everything after is the result. So learn to enjoy the moment. And I, I guarantee you if you start enjoying the moment, you're going to get more good results out of that. So great question right there. Um, a question that was asked really fast when I posted this was, why is there nothing on your desk? Um because I'm I like simple things. I just like simple, clean, and I like nothing. If I could if I if I didn't have a wife and a baby in in the house that I live in right now, I probably wouldn't also have 95% of the things that are in this house. I would think I would have a fridge and maybe a chair and a TV. And that might that might be it. That might actually be it. I'd have like a nice little clothes rod to hang eight shirts and four pairs of pants and then and I'd be done. So there's nothing on my desk because I like it that way. An empty desk is appealing. I don't want to sit down and look at a desk full of stuff that just gives me anxiety and I look at it and go, oh, that looks like a lot of things to get done. Like who likes a cluttered desk? Who likes things on their desk? I, I don't. 
I, I mean, go to living spaces or go to a furniture store or something. Do you ever see, like, when they, like, do they ever, like, put a desk in there with, like, have you ever seen a desk in living spaces with, like, six bills on it and and five pieces of, like, shredded shredded mail and then uh, two, two, like, soda cans and a, and a, like, a hydro flask and a stack of papers that you need to go through? No, because that's not appealing. That doesn't make anybody feel good. Clean the desk off, and there's nothing there. And all of a sudden, I sit down, and all I see is a Mac desktop. Uh, uh, there's one light on my desk. You guys can go back and look at the picture I posted after you read, hear this. There's a light on my desk that literally is only there to light up probably the favorite picture I have of my daughter because it makes me happy. Um, there's a dog on there, a, a wooden statue of a dog that also just makes me happy. Um, underneath what you can't see, there's an hourglass, which I like because um, I just like to be reminded that time is always ticking. It makes me feel like I need to do something productive. Um, and then there is a, there's a microphone, the one I'm talking into right now. And that's it. That's all there is here. So clean. I, I, don't, I didn't have to sit down and clean everything off my desk for this, this podcast. I just had to sit down and turn things on and feel good about it. So good question though why is there nothing on my desk it's not because i have nothing to do it's because um, i like to feel good when i look at things and last one i'm going to answer here i like this this is from uh, g kang fitness g kang dot fitness uh, three things you want to accomplish in 2020 that is a uh it's a good question i like goals i like New Year's resolutions. I think those things are fun. I think they keep people inspired, motivated to do good, do better, do certain things. Nobody ever um, has a resolution that sucks. Like, they're all ways of bettering yourself or your life. So I like this question. I thought about it just a little bit. Um, number one, and I'm only saying this first because it's probably the least important, but it is, it is very important to me. It's just that number two and three are, you know... You, more important um but i coach baseball and a goal something i want to accomplish this year is i want to watch uh my team i want to watch them win a caf title that's something i would like to do and they're going to so i think we're going to roll through a lot of teams i think we're going to win a lot of games and i think when we get to the back half of the season in the last quarter we're going to be playing the best baseball that this group of guys has ever played uh, and i think they're going to be one day at a time guys and they're gonna end up winning the whole thing so i'm a big uh, mcgregor fan he speaks things into existence do i know that i could have just jinxed it absolutely do i think i did absolutely not uh this team's gonna win i'll tell you right now uh also watch tyson fury all of a sudden i'm a big fan of him probably like the rest of the country but um another guy that that spoke his current situation into existence you, you got to really believe things and in order to say them and put them out there for the world uh, once you do that then it becomes a thing and, and you got to kind of manifest your own destiny and I, I really believe saying things uh, is how is how things get done that's why this this whole podcast I have is called appreciate the patience because I said I'm going to do a podcast because of a picture that I posted I, I got a some I don't even know a, a microphone that 
I've never used and doesn't even work from China for like 12 bucks, put it on a table, took a picture, and everybody was like, oh, shoot, podcast. I said, yeah, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, I, I had absolutely no idea what any of that meant, what I would have to do to get that done, how I would even start, but I told people I was doing it, and now a year later, there's 20 episodes in, and um, I, because I said it, and I felt like I had to do it. So I'm a big believer in saying, you know, what what you want speaking it into existence so that's number one one thing i'd like to do and accomplish this year is to be able to coach a group of guys that i know has it in them um and do it the right way and get things done and and win a cif title Uh, number two being a girl dad uh this is obviously a thing right now um hashtag girl dad but i have a daughter that i uh love i just like any parent I just love her to death I think she's she is like the world so um I want to be a really 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 good girl dad I just want to be really good to her so she just makes my world absolutely amazing hey she's hilarious she's cute she's unbelievably smart she's she's the best I took a break from this podcast about 15 minutes ago because she came out from her bedroom and um, funny little story. I don't know what she ate. She ate something, but she had diarrhea today. She like uh, actually pooped her pants. <laughs> Poor thing. Um, but she just came into the bathroom and uh, was started going going pee real quick. And as she was on the toilet, she looked up and she said, "I peed. I didn't diarrhea in my pants." And I said, "That is just awesome." <laughs> Um, so she brings, I mean, it's, I don't know what time it is. It's 11 at night or something. And that's a little girl that just brings me tons of joy. So I want to be, I just want to be an unbelievable dad to her, uh, for whatever that means, whatever she needs on, on a daily basis and, and just do that. That's something I want to accomplish this year is when I get to 2020, 2021, um, I want to look back at the last 12 months and go, yeah, I did everything in my power that I could have done to make her life as good as it could have been and set her up for uh, whatever whatever's next. So that'd be number two. Number three, you know, I think uh, finding the better in me more consistently uh, for for everybody, for my wife, for my family, for the kids I coach, for, for anybody, for the world, really. Um, and I don't mean like finding, you know, everybody's like, oh, just be the best version of yourself and yeah, that's, I guess, kind of the idea, but I, I know what that is. I think we all know what that is. We know what what makes us happy, what makes us feel good, what makes us um, nicer to other people, what kind of mindset we need to be, you know, cruise through a day with a smile on our face, not not a frown, not angry. Um, we know who that is. I know, I know what version of me that is. I know where it exists. I know why it exists. I know um, who that person is. So it's not about finding it. It's just about... I think bringing the best Jake around everybody more consistently and not letting certain things, you know, turn me into a, a version of myself that I, that I don't like as much or people around me don't like as much. And, and just being grateful for the fact that, you know, we're here because I, I haven't had a bad day in my entire life. Uh, the fact that I'm even a human being is unbelievable to me. I think it's, I think we're lucky. I think we could have been anything. I'm, like I, I'm, I'm sitting here right now looking at my dog, 
who is standing now for some odd reason on the on the floor. He was wrapped up in a blanket, sleeping five minutes ago. Now he's just now he's just standing here, staring at me. He'll do that from time to time, but now, like in looking at him, like I don't know, maybe like he's a dog. He's a dog. I'm a human being. I can do whatever I want. Like he's looking at me, like maybe. I don't know. Maybe he wants to do a podcast. Maybe he, maybe he's looking at me like, man, I, I wish I could do a podcast right now. That would be cool. Maybe he wants to like. Not be sitting on a carpet and be standing. Maybe he wants like my legs. Maybe he wants human legs, and he wants to, and he wants human hands, and he wants to walk right now into my kitchen and open the fridge and get a slice of pizza. Like, I, he's but he's a dog. Maybe he wants to drive a stick shift car one day or a grocery shop. I don't know. Maybe he wants to like pick his own clothes out and get himself dressed. He's, he's worn one sweater in his entire life. He's worn one outfit only. And he's worn it sometimes like four months at a time. The same thing every day. So, you know, I look at a dog or I look at a tree or I look at plants and I look at the tile in my kitchen right now, and I, I, I guess I could have been whatever makes up a tile instead of a human being. So it's not that that I have bad days or any of that. I think being alive is is an incredible gift that I am daily, daily aware of. So I think my my three things that would be it for me. And this year that I want to accomplish is number one, win with the baseball team. Number two, be a an unbelievable dad. Uh, to my daughter and number three is is whatever version of me is best that I know be that guy as often as possible because that's that's where I think we're best and that's where our gifts kind of shine and that's where we help more people we act a certain way people around us are happier because we are happier so um, that would be it these this was this was fun I hope you guys weren't absolutely bored to death uh, thank you. If you're still here listening to this, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and thank you all these people who who asked these questions. There was a few more, but um, I didn't want to drag this thing on. I know that a lot of people that listen to this know me, so I know that sometimes sitting here listening to me talk is not not a real priority. So thank you guys. Wanted to keep it short. Wanted to keep it quick. I said I feel like rambling and we're on 42 and a half minutes. I wanted this thing to be about 15, but such is life. So episode 19 coming to a wrap up. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate the patience. Episode 19. That's a wrap.